When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. Uh, we're going to talk a little baseball. And so with, with me is Bally's national MLB writer, David Brown. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm good. I just got back from St. Louis and my arms are tired or something. You went to St. Louis on purpose? Was I did for work. I wanted to talk to the Padres. I had this unoriginal idea about what makes a great manager, and supposedly Bob Melvin is uh, among the greatest, and so I wanted to get their perspective on what makes him a good manager. That's good. I've, I I like Bob. Seems like a seems like a relatively normal person. I would say that's a great way that's going on his Hall of Fame plaque. Yeah, it's Bob good. Melvin, relatively normal. You know, did he very uh... very calm. He didn't have like his prostate in a jar. Was he showing people? Did they let you keep those like tonsils? Yeah, or for the prostate fairy? Um, yeah. No. I, yeah. I did. Put this, Bob. Put this under your pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Say, oh, no, uh, uh, Bob, uh, you should have left that in the jar. Oh, that's a god awful. <laughs> <laughs> that you know that didn't come up. That would have been a good topic, but oh, I'm sure he loved it. Yes. But, well, I'm glad uh, he's, yeah. he's doing better. Clearly, he's back and he's managing, and and they've uh, the Padres finished uh, so poorly last season, but have been even though they've had lots of things go wrong. Uh, Fernando Tatis hasn't played, and half the lineup is hitting about 175. But uh, they're winning anyway. They got swept by the Cardinals, but they were winning until this series. So it's a uh, not horribly uninteresting. So team. they had uh, they'd had enough of Jace Tingler. They had, I you know, nobody would really say that he was like an incompetent boob, but you sort of read that in the subtext that uh, it's really nice to have a manager that knows what he's doing. I mean, yeah. basically that was the story. Yeah, that's good. And Bob's got uh, you know gobs and gobs of experience. So and Jace didn't have any, and it kind of showed last yeah. year. So. Well, they've got what? They've got six starting pitchers and Manny Machado. That's all you need, right? Pretty much, uh, yeah. Without Tatis in the lineup, uh, you know they they. It's funny uh, they have one of the more expensive payrolls in the league, yet so many holes in the lineup. I, I don't know um, if that's just from buying, uh, you know, Drew Pomerantz and too many players like that, but. Um, they 
didn't necessarily spend all their money wisely. So they, they got, they go out and they get Robinson Cano off the waiver wire for the minimum. And he actually, uh, he speaking of hitting about 175, I think he's also slugging 175. And <laughs> he sent the ball to almost the, the fence today oh, to the good. warning track. And that, that would have been a tying three run homer had it gone over, but it didn't. So, and there's a report now that they're about to ask him to go to AAA, and he's probably going to say no. So they're probably going to cut him. So that's, uh, that's what's up with the Padres. Now, did they, are they trying to send him to AAA? their triple a affiliate or do they want him to like drive a tow truck <laughs> did he specify i don't have my cdl i don't know if i can do that robinson that's, not what that's a class b on the license um <laughs> yeah the uh no uh where's the padres triple a I, I just i can envision hawaii because that's where it was like 35 years ago but it's not there could anymore. be uh el paso reno reno i bet it's reno sounds yeah. good they sent a man to Reno just to watch his career die. <laughs> so, well, that was good. So you were in, uh, you were in, San- you've been a traveling fool. I have. Uh, Emphasis on the fool. The El Paso, before... El Paso Chihuahuas. Oh, Chihuahuas. Thank you for looking that up. Oh no, I didn't look it up. I just I oh. knew it. Thank you for your brain yes. knowing it. Nobody googles like me and Taylor McGregor for the best. <laughs> But yeah, so you uh, you were in uh, St. Louis, but uh, last week you were at you were at our nation's capital. I was, and the the ballpark the ballpark reminds me a little bit of Target Field. I don't know if anybody's listening, but it's it's kind of like that where you're it's a it's an urban setting, and uh, Washington D.C. is that part of the the Navy Yards uh, is super gentrified, but they've turned it into like a little Wrigley field. It's like uh, right across the street, there's just gobs and gobs of apartments, and you can just sort of sense the the, the young people in the air, and uh, it's just obviously that's the kind of neighborhood. You know how St. Louis has that like half a block of things just on the other side of Bush Stadium. That, I hate to isn't mention that it. Ballpark Village. Yes, the Ballpark yes. Village. It's like that, but it sort of surrounds it. It's kind of a just a, a weird dynamic. I don't know. If it's uh, it's it's just sort of like a forced Wrigleyville kind of thing, uh, from scratch Wrigleyville sort of um, Lakeview kind of looking place, but uh, yeah, the, the ballpark's fine, and uh, it's, you know it's not as nice as Target Field, but it's a uh, you know it's a that, that, I mean that's a team that just sucks terribly too. I mean they're well the cub the cub comparisons. Yes, they, never keep, stop. they got Juan Soto, and that's it, and. Uh, yeah, like the Cubs have uh, Patrick Wisdom and then nothing else. Right. That's They're basically the, the same. That's kind of equivalent. Patrick right. Wisdom and Juan Soto. Patrick's They've got a, 25 you know, years older, but still. A family owns them, you know, the learners. Yes. And they uh, fans are. Fans hate them too. Just like they the hate them. Fans hate the Rickets. You know, they, they spend only so much money and there's lots of. Uh, I don't know, annuities or whatever it is, uh, Bobby Bonilla-type payments yeah. where it's all uh, down the line. So Yeah, they'll be trading or uh, they'll be paying Max Scherzer until 30-23. Right. Think. It was weird. I saw that Steven Strasburg had like a six-inning uh, rehab start. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to pitch six innings, shouldn't he just be pitching for the Nats? 
That is a lot, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it was a pitch thing, and he was just cruising, so he got to go, you know. But it's the same with the Cubs. They send these guys out to do rehab things. And it's like, have you seen your team? Well, right. Just have them pitch for the Cubs. You know, it's what do you? You're not going to cost us anything. They're, they're going nowhere. I mean, if the whole idea is you send them off to like, you know, well, I'm, part of it is the. Um, I don't I don't want to cast any aspersions, but uh, sometimes teams send veteran players on uh, minor league rehabs to sell tickets in the minor league ah. cities. Uh, there was a famous story about. Uh, Jeff Jenkins doing a rehab in Beloit <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> finishing his part of the game. And, you know, he wasn't going to play the whole game. He was going to play like the first five innings or whatever. And um, then he went down and uh, changed into his street clothes and um, they couldn't find Jeff. And then they found him uh, under the bleachers with an admiring fan. <laughs> <laughs> like oh and i'm sure he was just telling him you know she, she thought he was brett Favre. i'm sure right because it, it was a bit uncanny how much those two looked alike bizarre i never that's one of those things that i never got over it's uh that's a that's a reference that i i, I too would hammer so yes. to speak well i jeff was trying to hammer something like that <laughs> um yeah, so like, uh, well, what, um, what'd you eat? You know, just had a hot dog. I, I prepared. Yes, actually, you uh, brought I, your, you brought your own food. I did. Yes. I, I packed the lunch. <laughs> no, <laughs> I bologna sandwich wrapped in wax paper. I asked around too. I, you know, I know some people on Twitter and some good Nats fans, and they're like, uh, you know, maybe try the Ben's Chili Bowl. They have a that famous Ben's chili restaurant in DC. So they got a branch of that and I didn't do that. And there were some other suggestions too that sounded like it was interesting food. They actually have uh, a Terra, not Terra Haute, but a a Haute dog. You know, it's a pun that looks like Terra Haute, but, and supposedly it's really good. And I didn't have that. I just went to, I got a regular hot dog and it sucked. It's terrible. (laughs) And, uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, you know, I pride myself on going to the ballparks and trying, you know, like in Minnesota, you try the walleye on the stick, although I don't think they have that anymore, but when they had it, I tried it. And then I, if I was just out of energy, I don't know, you know, tr- dragging a couple kids around DC. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I was just tired. Yeah, well, I, yeah, so the, I didn't have anything good. No, the twins don't have walleye on a stick anymore because I don't know if you know, but Joe Maurer actually made those. It was right. part of his and contract. So when he retired, like nobody's, we don't have anybody around to make the walleye and the stick. I was he might, discontinue it. He would do that too. Yeah. He, I can see him grilling well, his, back there. His on mom's that. recipe, right? He was more than happy to make them. He'd whip up a f- couple of thousand of them before <laughs> batting practice, and he was ready. To yes, go. yes. I'm, I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't think I've ever had like real food at a ballpark. Yeah, I mean, they talk about you know expand that. Oh, we've expanded these menus, and whatever. And right. um, I st- usually end up with a couple of hot dogs and then my my weight in beer. Um, in St. Louis today, I had a with the, uh, their version of an Italian beef. Oh God, I can't imagine because we know their version of pizza uh, is uh, American cheese Emo's. and ketchup on a cracker. Emo's. 
you know, I don't mind the crust so much, but that that Provel uh, that, uh, oh, species cheese, I don't know what it is, but it's <laughs> some kind of terrible outer space concoction. But it's, it's yeah, it, stuff it, it that got rejected by the Velveeta plant. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, no, no, that's, this does not meet our standards. Send it to St. Louis. Exactly. And St. Louis, you know, overall, I think is a good eating town. They got, if you want other kinds of Italian food, you can go to the hill or whatever and have good spaghetti or whatever. But uh, the fried ravioli, piece. right? Isn't that their specialty? Uh, toasted, 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 of course. Yes. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I'm just, that whole time. Just trying to keep it accurate. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't whatevering you. I was whatevering the. No, I know. I, yeah, I understand. The fact that some asshole in Missouri put ravioli <laughs> in a toaster and said, no. That's this how is cereal how, was this invented. This is how you an make accident. it. <laughs> yeah, ravioli in a toaster. Well, it makes a god-awful mess, but oh, it's good. <laughs> so the sandwich wasn't bad. You know, it, What it is had their version of it. Italian beef? What's that? We well, said it's their version of Italian beef. What is well, their version? They had the jardinera. They had the sweet peppers, okay. but they put cheese on it. And it didn't quite, it just didn't, out of the spices weren't yeah. Chicago Italian beef. So it was more like a Philly cheesesteak, although they probably would quibble with how Philly it was. So uh, it, was, it wasn't bad. Did you, it, it, I don't even think it's there anymore. Did you go to Shannon's? Did you pound a few no, like Shannon's? You know, I don't know if it was there. I, now that they have the ballpark village, you don't really walk past it. You know, to, to go to Shannon's or whatever, it's at Market Street or whatever, where they have a couple of restaurants. I know so. Jim Edmonds started and bankrupted a restaurant down there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, would do, I don't know if they still do the thing at Shannon's. You know, they had some unfortunate incidents with uh, overserved Cardinal players at Shannon's. Mm. I always understood that what they did was much like the Packers, the training camp, where the local kids will pull up in their bikes and <laughs> let, the, let a Packer ride their bike from the locker room to the practice field. Uh, they do the same thing in St. Louis, and these kids, uh, they they just wheel, uh, they, uh, put them on their handlebars, and they drive drunk cardinals home after games. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you should mention that. The uh, today was like an old timers game, or a, a no, it was a fantasy camp kind of reunion or something. I didn't quite get the concept, but it was like Dave Lapointe and Ozzy Smith and a bunch of other guys who were kind of like Dave Lapointe. Um, ha, you know, have you know, uh, playing in a softball game of fans who are really prolific fancy campers. This was after the game today, so I didn't see it. I was working, but that, I could hear it going on, and I'm like, "Hey, Dave, you know, David Point. It reminds me of the uh, 1987 White Sox or whatever." So I was like, "Hey, David Point's here, and Ozzy Smith, and all that." So um, it, I, I just wonder after the game, were, was there some wheeling around of old Cardinals? Just like you said, with the uh, people on their handlebars. So. Yeah. Anybody? Uh, Ma or uh, Timmy? Who is that? Oh, it's a uh, Tom Ramsey. Uh, he forgot where he lived. <laughs> yes. so I brought him home. He's, just, he's gonna sleep in my room. No, no, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> Um, why does he look? Does he, why does he still look like Doug Henning? Doesn't he know that it's not 1984 <laughs> anymore? <laughs> Have you seen his bat flip from the '87 World Series? Uh, I'm sure I. I'm sure I have. Uh, it's a Cardinals highlight. I forgot, but it's really uh, well. But it's a series of loss, so I'm sure I. 
they did. Well, yeah, I don't know if they lost that game or not. They did lose the uh, to the Twinkies, but it was kind of ahead of its time. It was very contemporary bat flippy. Yeah. I'm sure and it was a guy who never hit home runs. All tisk tisked him afterwards. Yeah, right. I mean, especially oh, you know, the Cardinals are kind of like that, aren't they? Where they sort of like the Braves, where they they will police the behavior and then they'll commit the act. Yes, and people it's, will over. It's fine it. when they do it, but if somebody else does it, then that's when the the unwritten rules have right. to kick in. Right. Yachty has to lecture your team as to <laughs> what's wrong with it. And then he will make you get a neck tattoo <laughs> as penance. <laughs> God. So uh, exciting things for uh, the the local teams here in Chicago. The uh, no, the White Sox are now uh, two games under five hundred with all, with their loss tonight. Uh, but the Cubs, it may seem like the Cubs are out of it, but I don't know if you saw it today. They activated Jason Hayward and Nick Madrigal. So look out! How excited are you? Here come the Cubs. Which oh, you, if you add their averages together, you don't quite get to four hundred. <laughs> is, that bad? is that a bad sign? And but that's fine. Um, yeah, you know, Dave Ross didn't feel the need to. Oh, he did feel the need to start both of them immediately. Uh, Hayward is now taking over in right field uh, while they wait for Seiya's uh, finger to heal. The most Cub thing ever. Uh, they announced Seiya had to leave the game with a jam finger, and I was like, "Oh, it's broken." And then they said, "We don't need to X-ray it. It's just jammed." And then a few days go by. It's like, maybe we should x-ray it. <laughs> and then they x-ray it. And like, oh, x-rays are inconclusive. It's like, just put him on the injured list. And then a couple of days after that, they're like, oh, we need to put him on the injured list. After we played shorthanded for a week. That, uh, I mean, the, the the Cubs aren't the only team that does that. But that just, I would say that dri- that's got to drive fans of, the Mets are famous for doing things like that. Yeah. That's going to drive fans as nuts as anything. Well, and they... it, this is not a new thing with the Cubs. I mean, it goes, obviously, right. it goes way back to <laughs> uh, Mark Pryor. He's always oh, fine. He's going to throw a bullpen tomorrow. He's doing right. the towel drill today. He's doing the towel. Throw a bullpen tomorrow. He'll be fine. Um, but then even when even when uh, Theo showed up, and I, I tweeted about this because this was a real thing, it happened so much in 2017 where – the Cubs would be like, oh, he's day to day. He he's fine. We don't. And then they they'd like wait eight days and then put the guy on the injured list. Uh, I I literally like wrote for the Athletic. Does Theo know that the injured list is only ten days now? Did anybody <laughs> did he miss the memo? And like, I don't know. We can wait. Uh, yeah, they had all kinds of roster fun over the weekend where they, you know, they they, they got to add an extra guy because they were playing a doubleheader. But then they had put a couple guys on the DL, and then the morning of a game against the White Sox, uh, Chris Martin, I guess Coldplay had an emergency concert or something. He had to leave. At Soldier Field, yeah. Yeah, well, that's right. Actually, uh, he went on the bereavement list, and they didn't have time to get anybody up there, so they played a man short in that game. But then they were also playing a man short because Seiya – Say so, yeah, I actually got put on the injured list between games of a doubleheader. <laughs> That's... Now, it's not the best Cub thing to happen between games of a doubleheader. Famously, in 2020, uh, Steven Souza Jr. got released between games of a doubleheader. 
And I don't think he played it was a day in the first night, one. Though, wasn't it? The day night doubleheader. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great if it was just a regular one, and you just see a him like interval. cutting across the field with his suitcase. Can <laughs> <laughs> somebody open the gate, <laughs> Stephen? Why just use the concourse? No. It's like hobo Joel Youngblood. <laughs> yeah, he uh, Stephen immediately signed with another team, and uh, he made uh, made the final out in two games for two teams. Just <laughs> yeah, I remember this crap we talked about. We got up to whatever year that was with Joel Youngblood, and Mike was more than excited to talk about the Joel Youngblood thing. And yeah. for some reason, I thought he got traded to the Giants. And like flew, and I always remember thinking, how did he get there? Well, he didn't. He just had to go to Philadelphia. Uh huh. So that was much, much more realistic that nineteen eighty <laughs> whatever you could hop on a propeller plane and get to Veteran <laughs> Stadium, whatever it was. They didn't have jets yet, did they? I don't think. No, so. no, they did not. It's nothing like giving updates of uh, sporting events that are happening while you're recording a podcast, but. Uh, the Cubs just walked off the Brewers on a Christopher Morell sack fly. Oh, he's done it again. Scoring Jason Hayward. And you know how Jason Hayward got on base? How? The only way Jason Hayward can get on base. He was the designated runner to start oh. the 10th. Or Does that as, even count as getting as, on base? As I like to call it, he was the Manfred man. <laughs> The Manfred Man, yes. So I joke about that, and I have um, I've been trying to make that a thing. And in recent weeks, both Boog and JD have referred to the extra runner as the Manfred Man. Aha! Uh-huh. So I feel very. It's funny because I tweeted it at uh, Cole Kuyper and Alex Pavlovich, who do the Giants. Uh, they do a Giants podcast because they seemed like the kind of guys who would go for the right the Manfred Man thing. Definitely. And. Uh, they never did it, but oh. the local guys did. So I feel very gratified, and I'm going to send them an invoice. That uh, can you make a T-shirt? Do you, is or do we get in legal trouble there? Um, that would seem like a good Discipio T-shirt. It does. I just have to think how I would design it. But yeah, and I when I type it, I type Manfred, M-A-N, and then put the second N in parentheses. Parentheses, okay. yeah. So I think legally, then, that would get me out of jail with the Manfred Man. Uh, well, it's not a person. It's a group. Right. So there's nobody, you know, there's no guy named Manfred Man who could sue me. It would take so the, it's not, it's like Jethro Tull. It would take the group. I Yeah, I believe that's right. I don't think there's an I thought Manfred, okay. I didn't know that. Uh, could we also do Manfred's, Rob Manfred's look, you know, the, the little gap in the tooth somehow? <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> well, okay. So the the band is named Manfred Man, and they're the lead singer is uh is Manfred Man, but his but. actual name is Manfred Lubowitz. <laughs> so I'm not getting sued by a guy named Manfred Lubowitz. Oh, he was the keyboard player. Yeah, so it is kind of a Jay Giles thing where it's not even the lead singer who they named the band after. Oh. So many layers to this. Yes. So there's that. And that's the same guy. With, so that's why Do Wah Diddy doesn't sound anything like Blinded by the Light because it's different singers? I would guess, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, do you know that? Well, I, I'm I would, I'm going to give you a bit of trivia, but I think it's it's old trivia, so it may have. I don't think he's had one. Did you know that "Blinded by the Light" was the only was Bruce Springsteen's only number one single? He wrote it. He didn't sing it. Wow. Now that may have changed since whenever I learned that factoid, but it was at least true at one point. I do remember as a, I do remember as a Dance kid. Dance the Dark was it number one? I don't know. Maybe the I shouldn't even have given that out because who knows when I heard that? I'm just repeating it. I know it was true at one point. It sounds relatively. Like um, I do remember being very impressed as a kid. My uh, my sister's boyfriend was a huge Springsteen fan, and she bought him the that the live set. It came on three cassette tapes mm. and um if you opened up like it had a little it obviously had like a book in it you could look at it and i just thought this was so impressive even as a kid that it said all music and lyrics by bruce springsteen mm. for every song on the thing right i was like oh, that's pretty cool i mean they got three tapes worth of stuff and put in a lot he of wrote it all with that weird handwriting <laughs> Um, Dancing with the Dark was number two. Ah. He has never had a number one song. So the only song he ever wrote that went number one is still Blinded by the Light. So there you go. I shouldn't have doubted myself. No, I, I didn't doubt it. Well, I did. So, yeah, one of the things we want to talk about was, um, I was very anti-playoff expansion during yeah. the, uh, lockout. Because I felt like if you add another, if you had a six team in each league, then people like the Ricketts are going to be like, well, hey, Jed, you don't, you don't need to win 95 games. You just win like 82 and that'll mm-hmm. get you the six spot. So that's all. I mean, let's, here's enough money for you to win 82 games. <laughs> and here we are on June 1st. And uh, we'll we can take a quick tour around the uh, standings. Uh, there aren't very many teams uh, fighting for those six playoff spots, which could be make for a very long, boring summer for a lot of fan bases. Five teams over five hundred in the American League, I believe. The Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays. Or maybe it's six. The Twins. Uh, the Astros and the, the Astros Angels. and the Angels, one, two, three, and the Rangers are at five hundred, or five. they were tonight. Yeah, so just six. So, the those are your playoff teams. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Give you the T-shirts and the hats. So yeah, the um, the Rangers are five hundred, and the White Sox are a game under. Cleveland's two under. White Sox two under after their loss tonight uh, in. Canada. I should refresh this. And there they go. Voila. <laughs> there they go to two under. <laughs> In the National League, the Mets are the only team in the East that are over 500. They have the best record in baseball now, right? Or still the oh, yeah. 
the oh no, I don't think so. The Yankees by percentage points. Um, okay. Two best records are in in uh, New York. Then the Brewers and the Cardinals in the Central, and the Dodgers, Padres, and Giants in the West. And so also the- six. Yeah. That's not great. Uh, the Cub, the Red Hot Cubs, now that they've won two in a row, um, have moved all the way up to uh, fourth <laughs> in the Central. They're still behind. The the uh, Pirates are also red hot. They've also won two in a row. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to ask you, because you're a, you're a national baseball expert, Thank you. Is as we look at some of these teams, um, like who's, like who can we already, like who's out of it already? So like in the, uh, well, certainly the Royals, they are not anywhere near in anything. Yeah, the Royals are uh, sixteen and thirty-three. That's a red hot three twenty-seven winning percentage. That's uh, that's not good. So they're very bad. The A's. Are uh, they're already fourteen games out in the West? <laughs> June first, <laughs> fourteen games out. That's a long way already, isn't it? Uh, the Mariners, who harbored actual playoff aspirations and who would have been the sixth playoff team had there been such a thing last year, are no good. They are twenty-one and twenty-nine, which uh, is not a huge surprise considering that their big additions were. Uh, Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winkler. Oh, and they also had Robbie Ray. So I guess they got one. They get one guy that people thought, hey, that's pretty good. Well, Eugenio has been, uh, and this is not like a compliment, but he's been better than uh, Winker. Winker's been. Yeah, I just. I just remember that getting the, them trading for those two and being like, okay, did you see the park that they were playing in? Right. And then have you seen yours? Because it's not the same. And Eugenio was clearly on the downside. And Winkler just felt like a product of Great American Ballpark. Well, I mean, oh, man, he's got a 282 slugging percentage. It's worse than I thought. That's just. There are so many players like that who are, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to scold them, but I mean, they've got, in another era, they would have been sent to the minors. Well, it's, the, or, it's the squishy ball. That's what I guess. I, I think so. Manny Machado plays with the same ball, and mm-hmm. you know, Will Myers has one home run for the, for the Padres in the middle of the lineup, and, you know, Machado is performing optimally. So we say it's a squishy ball and I, I believe in the squishy ball, but Manny somehow manages to hit home runs just to name one player, but Ty France slugging five thirteen. So the uh, <clears throat> Texas Rangers who spent uh half a billion dollars on their middle infield are 500. So they're probably feeling pretty good about that. Not well, yeah. I, Marcus Simeon is not. Uh, he's hitting terribly. So I think Kyle Seager's been all right, but 
Simeon's kind of like got Robinson Cano numbers. Slugging about 250. That's not good. Um, or 250 million or whatever they're paying him. You'd think it'd be the other way around because Corey Seager's too tall to play shortstop, but apparently he's <laughs> he's making it work. Uh, the Fighting Joe Maddens are 27 and 23. They uh, have hit uh, hard times. They are losers of six in a row. While the Astros um, have lost like two games in the last month. Well, you had to figure. I, I thought the Angels were headed for a course correction there a little bit because it seemed like they had a whole bunch of problems last year that they didn't really address in the offseason. Oh, they fixed their bullpen with uh, Ryan Tapera. <laughs> yes. Just the one guy. That's all they need. And then they got uh, Turner Ward's illegitimate uh, second cousin, <laughs> who's like 34 years old playing right field and he couldn't make an out in April. That helped. Yeah. He's, he's turned into a, it's weird. I, I think only I find this interesting, but there's a player named Taylor Ward and there's a writer who covers the angels named Taylor Blake Ward. And I just find that just a very strange coincidence. They should do like a freaky Friday where they, <laughs> they do each other's jobs for a day and see if anybody notices. I wonder if the Taylor Blake Ward guy also can hit six, <laughs> Slug 600 out of nowhere. <laughs> and, yes. I mean, can the Angels survive this losing streak and the Mike Trout football, fantasy football commissioner <laughs> controversy? Talk about that. Ah, that was – I loved how it all – it the story, like, it just trickled out, too. Like, first right. you heard, ooh, there was an incident in the outfield during batting practice – Right, and one of the uh, Reds has been uh, preemptively ejected from the game, <laughs> and then it was it was Jack Peterson and Tommy Pham, and then it was Tommy's been suspended for three games, and then it was they were arguing over their fantasy football league, <laughs> <laughs> and then there was Jock just explaining what he did, right, and as if was, he's you or me, yeah, and I don't remember what it was exactly. It was a it was a running back, right, and he. Claimed him on waivers, but didn't start him. And there was an injury, and he put him on injured reserve. Oh, that's, right. that's right. But he was. And... Uh, he hadn't been. Tommy's complaint was the guy hadn't been um, designated what, by designated. the league as injured. Yes. But like Jock was like, well, we use ESPN's fantasy thing, and I can't magically program it to put him on the injured list unless he's injured list eligible. So I did. So we hear all that, and we have a laugh about that. And then a couple of days later, Tommy serves his suspension and comes back and throws the league commissioner under the bus, which just happened to be Mike Trout. <laughs> Called him the worst league, worst fantasy league commissioner ever. What a thing to call somebody. So then I just love the reporters that have to go get the comment from Mike Trout. And right. Mike was like, well, are you going to still be commissioner? And he's like, well, I don't know, I guess. I mean, don't all commissioners get booed? <laughs> <laughs> so many great quotes from this stupid story. <laughs> and it's great. It's uh it's like we all we all make fun of the story and you know put down that it doesn't really have any value, but we're all kind of like hanging on every word mm -hmm. at the same time. Well, it's, it's so uh, stupid that it is entertaining then. 
It was. It's just, uh, it's good. I mean, you know, it's not Watergate, but it's uh, good reporting on uh, to, to follow up and get these answers that are so important. You know, it's not the uh, it's not the most important thing in the world, but it was fun and funny to experience those twists and turns as they would come in. And uh, I mean, maybe instead of a three game suspension, maybe is it a time to send Tommy Pham to like anger management? I mean, it seems like it there's be. been a lot of Tommy Pham thing. Not even if, if we just completely disregard the fact he got stabbed at a strip club last offseason. I'm sure it was not his fault. No, it wasn't his fault. It's never his fault. It It is never his fault. But he's had weird run-ins before. Yes. He's uh, he's an unusual character. He uh, I, I interviewed him a couple years ago. And he played winter ball in uh, Venezuela, and he would tell stories about uh, Venezuela had gone to hell at that point. And he's like, you know, we're walking around town with this duffel bag of cash, American dollars, you know, sort of expecting to get robbed at every turn. And it never quite happened, but we, we were always kind of on the lookout for someone to jump us and take all our dollars. So was it, was he trying to bait? Did he want to get attacked? Was that the, no, it, it was, it was that Venezuela's money was so worthless that, you know, you couldn't take credit cards anywhere. And so you had to carry cash uh, around. Well, I, we and, know Cub fans know that from uh, the Dominican with, uh, Yes, Sammy Sosa having thirty thousand dollars wrapped in the towel. Him and Man- just him and Manny Alexander sitting in a hotel lobby, and they got stolen. <laughs> the, Same kind of thing. The yeah. brain power of Sammy Sosa and Manny oh, Alexander and a towel full of cash. What a golden era that buying. was! I can't, can't <laughs> imagine. It could have been anything. <laughs> Don't assume the worst. Jeez. <laughs> So in the central, we already uh, had to write off the poor Royals. Oof, that's bad. The Tigers are starting to get hot. I mean, for the Tigers, yeah, they've, they've, six of six of ten, two in a row. Right. They have their run differential uh, up to a robust minus forty-eight. Yeah, it's uh, when you're under fifty, anything's in play. Um, and, and uh, I, I think, I think they're probably toast. Cleveland is still in it, sort of. I don't think they're going to make a, you know, they've been scoring runs pretty well, despite having just you. You think that Jose Ramirez is their only hitter, but they uh, they do a good job of getting. You know, they don't have a lot of power, but they get a, they get on base around him pretty well up and down the lineup. So and they put the ball in play, as they say. So they, I I, I don't say the Cleveland is out of it, but I don't. I also don't think they're in it. Kind of like the White Sox. I just the White Sox have been playing very mediocre ball for two months, and uh, Tony doesn't always make great decisions, as we know. Hmm. It's not a good combo. Tim Anderson just got hurt, so they're. I think the Twins are. I don't know about a runaway winner, but I think they should be feeling pretty comfortable about themselves. Yeah. So Tim uh, had a uh, a groin injury. Um against the Cubs and missed the right. Sunday game 
And then uh, I think the Sox might have been off on Monday. But anyway, some, one of the writers <coughs> went into Sky Dome and uh, Rogers Center, excuse me, and yeah. saw Tim Anderson on a uh, stationary bike and said, ooh, that must be a good sign. And I was like, what? What part of the game involves riding a stationary bike? No, I don't. Right. Like, uh, it's, are we going to do pretend tour to France? Is that the tiebreaker? Well, remember Rodman, was, was when he was always nursing his back injury, he'd get on a stationary bike, and that would be okay. And then, But then he couldn't. That would be the extent of his exercise. Uh, do you know that the Cubs once had to put a uh, player on the disabled list uh, because he fell off a stationary bike? <laughs> and that player was Steve Trout. Oh, no kidding. Yes, he had a stationary bike accident and <laughs> hit the ground and had to be disabled. Well, I former, mean. Former White Sox. Oh, I remember. I Yes, I remember that. Uh, what was that trade? It wasn't the Pat Tabler trade, was it? No. Uh, it might have been. Nothing like Googling stuff on the podcast. Lynn McLaughlin? Why am I thinking of Lynn McLaughlin? That would have been a terrible trade for the White Sox. Yeah, you were right. It was uh, Warren Brewster and uh, Steve Trout for Scotty Fletcher, Randy Martz, Pat Tabler, and Dick Tidrow. That kind of worked out. And Dick Tidrow, Cub- somewhat recently, rest in peace. And then the Cubs, uh, three years later, four years later, would flip... Is it a flip if he could have a guy for four years? Probably not. A they long trade, flip, but okay. They traded Trout for three guys. Rich Scheid, Bob Tewksbury, and Dean wow. Wilkins. Tewksbury did not win a game for the Cubs, I, a fact I remember for some reason. 0-4, maybe, in 87? Something like that. In the back of his baseball card. Yeah, it's 0-4, and he made a start in 88, and he did not get a decision. But then he went to the Cardinals and had that resurgence. Yeah, he uh, won. He won double-digit games one, two, three, four, five years in a row for the Cardinals: ten, eleven, sixteen, seventeen, and twelve. It was sixty-seven and forty-six for the Cardinals. Now I, I am somewhat of a player apologist, but I'm imagining the quality of the stationary bike in the in the time. Oh, it probably it probably collapsed. Because yes. it hadn't been. Oh, we forgot to we put, forgot to put the screws in it, Steve. Right. Yeah. Definitely one wheel and like something, some kind of rectangle <laughs> in the back. So it was probably. Um, it was like in that supply closet where they would then have to pull the net down and move the stuff over and make a batting cage. And he got probably got caught in the net in the sta- on the stationery. Right. Oh, Eloy. <laughs> <laughs> I see Eloy uh, was making a uh, rehab appearance for the uh, in the minors and mm-hmm. had to be shut down. So, going to have to put a little delay on the Eloy return. Yeah, the Indians are twenty-two and twenty-four, three uh, five out, three back Indians, in the says. wild card. Oh, sorry, the Guardians and the White Sox are twenty-three and twenty-five, also five out and three out in the wild card. So, um. So they're not out of it, but I do not expect a comeback. You know, uh, the Twins to collapse. I, yes, you're you're writing the. I am the yes. Sox are. We're gonna just gonna declare it on June first. 
We're calling it. The Sox are not going to win the Central. They're going to have to get a wild card spot if they're going to go to the playoffs for the third time in a row for the first time in oh, franchise wow. history. That's true. I forgot about the stakes, yeah. but I, I just I don't see them doing that either. I I see moving over to the AL the AL East. Uh, they, they've cooled off, but I, I think the Red Sox will probably have a better record than them too. And that's just that's too many teams. That's you know that's too many teams to overcome. They're not going to have a better record than the Blue Jays, I don't think. Um, and the Rays probably not them either, and probably not even the Angels. So that's they're out. They're done. I'm calling it. The White Sox are done. It's like music to my ears. <laughs> yes, my petty little ears. <laughs> but you know what? They're 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 a great franchise. They've been around for oh. uh, 121 years. Cut it out. And they made the playoffs 11 times. I mean, come on, it's great. It's just uh, you know, and it's that's what should anger White Sox fans. The, the Cubs got all that credit for being the lovable losers for years. The White Sox were much right. bigger losers. They couldn't even they couldn't even brace their own legacy properly. No, no, they dined out for like twenty years on. Oh no, we would have blown all these pennants in the fifties. Well, yeah, they, except for the Yankees. Except for the Yankees, yeah, right. Okay. And the Cubs are like, well, what were the. You know the the Dodgers and the Giants and the you know there there were good teams in the National League too just because there was there just the one were, in yeah. the American League you know up yours you only had one team you had to beat you couldn't do it go scratch um yeah so Baltimore twenty two and thirty better than I thought they'd be yeah, but for them they're not. like oh things are finally turning around right. I think they're just kind of turning a little. I don't. I wouldn't say turning around. Although Adley Rutschman is up, and you know he's a guy. Their other pit, their good pitching prospect Grayson Rodriguez is hurt right now, but it's a it's a lat injury. Which, if it's a Jake Peavy lat, that's bad. If it's somebody else's lat, maybe not so bad. But they're years away from something. I don't know. Well, the Cubs, you know, they're with their apparent strategy of uh, not picking a lane. <laughs> we're rebuilding. We're not, we're not going to call it a rebuild. We're rebuilding. No, no, we can't call it that. And we're contending, but we're not really going to spend enough to actually contend, but we're going to sign right. some guys. But we've got Wade Miley and we've got Drew Smiley. And those two guys are going to be really valuable at the trade deadline. And, oh, they're both hurt. Whoops. <laughs> Smiley, it's an oblique. So he might be back oh, uh, in a week or he might never pitch again. Right. And uh, Miley, it was, I think this was uh, shoulder again. That was a good sign, I think. You don't need those as a pitcher. No. Well, very much. I can just see them. At, at how, just how left handed are you? You want to try <laughs> the other one, maybe? <laughs> can so you throw I, with your feet? So I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it because maybe like the man for man thing, somebody will finally listen to me. Um, so you, Darvish, for fun. Likes to throw bullpens left-handed um, just to do it. He has to pitch at least to one batter left-handed before he retires. He just has to. Well, I mean, it, it. I guess there's a little more to it than um, Anthony Rendon hitting left-handed, but if he can do that in a game. Well, he said he throws, like, he throws in the 80s left-handed. I believe it. He's just, uh, just a special human. Yeah. I don't know if he does it to like. Uh, see, if it was Marcus Stroman, there would be this long BS explanation as to why he does it. 
Oh, no, no, I throw a left-handed to help center my body, whatever. Because <laughs> I think Marcus is the guy. I think he tells a lot of this stuff, and he just tries to see if he can get the writers to to just believe him. He right. was talking about throwing uh, bullpens barefoot so he could get a better feel for his balance. And I'm mm. like, that just sounds like bullshit. Could be an Eastern Zen thing. Yeah. Some martial arts are do- are best performed with no socks. So... It's true. Um, yeah, okay, so uh, playoff teams. Sounds like you're leaning. Are, are you going to be as bold as to, as to four out of the East? Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, Red Sox, and then the Maybe, Twins and uh, Astros? I, you know, I, I can't necessarily figure out the Angels. You figure that Taylor Blake Ward will cool off at some point, but Shohei hasn't been that hot. Um, you know, I'd like to see Mike Trout get in the playoffs and probably lose two, three, or whatever the wild card is now. Because um, he's played one game? Not he, one game. Has he only been in a wild card game? Or he had one series? They, uh, Yeah, the Royals beat them uh, in a playoff series, and that was the year that they played Oakland in the wild card game, so it was a series. So I think it's three games, I believe. For Trouty. Yep, three games. He's uh, one for 12 with a homer, one RBI. Yeah, I'll say that the Angels, you know, will get that wild card spot over either Tampa or Boston. Okay. Tampa Bay. They hate it when you call them Tampa because it leaves out the St. Petersburg. So I'm trying to be respectful. But, yeah, I think – that's what it'll come down to the Yankees and the Blue Jays in for sure. And then among Tampa, Boston and the angels will get the other teams and everyone else can go to heck. All right. So now over to the national league, um, the central division has three of the worst teams in baseball in it. It does. The Reds, the Cubs, and the Pirates. The actual worst, I think, with the Reds and and two guy, two teams that are you know in strong in the bottom third. Maybe not as bad as Washington and Detroit, but well, the recent hot stretches by the Pirates and Cubs have put them ahead of the Miami Marlins. So uh, they only have the fourth and fifth worst records in the National League instead of the third and fourth. So that's I, wonder if, I wonder if Joe Girardi can lead the, the Phillies to the bottom of the NL East. There's, they only have a like a four-and-a-half game lead on Washington. I wonder if that can truly implode. Spectacularly so. It could happen. Um. Yeah, so the Brewers are uh, 32 and 20. The Cardinals are 29 and 21. Uh, neither of them uh, score very many runs, but neither of them allow very many. In fact, the Cardinals have only allowed 190. The Brewers have allowed 200. Dakota Hudson twirling a gem today against the Pirates. But again, the Pirates have three or four guys slugging about 175. So... 
they can't really figure out why they're so why Manny Machado is the only guy in that team who's hitting, but he is. So. Oh, so in the West, uh, the uh, team that uh, Chris Bryant apparently plays for. He's um, back on the IL, right? Yeah, he came back for a game and a half. Right. He's back on the injury list. Uh, the Rockies are 23 and 27. They're no good. Uh, they are doing rocky things. They are 16 and 12 at home, and they are 7 and 15 on the road. Right. That's how it should be, damn it. Uh, the Diamondbacks are 25 and 27. Um, they're mediocre wherever they play 14 and 16 at home, and 11 and 11 on the road. And then there's the Giants, who are 27 and 22, and they are just a perpetual roster churn. Everybody's hurt or has COVID or whatever, and they get guys back, and then they immediately lose other guys. Um, so you'd like to think that if they, if that stabilizes, um, they've managed to stay in it. Uh, but some seasons it never does. You guys just keep getting hurt. I don't think that the Giants are. I, I mean, they do a good job of making the most of what they have. I don't think they're. I mean, obviously, they're not going to win 107 games or whatever this year. This year, but I, I also don't think they're. This is a a special team. I think they're you know they they're in position to hold on for a wild card, but obviously the Dodgers are going to run away with that division. Well, and they'll have a decision to make. They have um, they get to the trade deadline and they need to decide whether they want to add or whether they want to trade Carlos Rodon, who would be a huge trade piece for he would it's a little bit of looking into the future but you know he's he's definitely elite or great or however you want to put it but at the end of last year you know his shoulder was you know that's the white Sox still probably would have benefited by giving him a qualifying offer i'm not sure about the logic of letting him go, but, um, you know, signing him to a long-term deal, that's kind of another thing altogether. So like, I, I think I've said before, if he can get through the season and his, his shoulder isn't crap at the end, then maybe you, uh, you keep him. I don't know. I don't remember last year when it, his decline coincided with the trade deadline, but, um, so I, you know, I don't know. I, I would, just hope that he doesn't get hurt again. Yeah, I mean, his, the deal he has with the Giants, if he's if he's a Giant, if he plays on the second year of that deal, it means he got hurt. Yeah. You know, the deal was signed, we'll, we'll have you for a year, and if you have a great year, you're going, you will want to be a free agent again. And if right. you don't, you've got a contract for next year. But they, that's why if they get to August 2nd, which I guess is what the actual deadline is this year. Yeah, right. And they're like, I don't know if we're at, they have to trade him. Because otherwise he's going to leave, and they're going to get nothing, right? Because there are no more qualifying offers, right? So maybe the Cubs will get him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, you smart ass fans. We we <laughs> we traded for a guy. Oh, he's going to leave in a month. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> but what a month it'll be! It'll be fun. <laughs> Enjoy the month. 
Yeah, the Padres lose three in a row, are uh, 30 and 20. And the Dodgers, the franchise that the Cubs are supposed to be, um, the, hey, we're a big market team and we're going to pay for a big league roster and we're going to develop talent. Uh, They're 33 and 16 and they have a run differential of plus 116. That is uh, that looks like overkill. How are they only thirty three and sixteen? You know, yeah. in some ways, with that kind of run differential. Well, their expected win loss is this is thirty six and thirteen. So clearly, okay. uh, they're massively underachieving. Dave Roberts, fire him. <laughs> yeah, and then we get to the East and the Nats, bad eighteen thirty four. The Marlins, bad twenty and twenty eight. Um. But they're just two years off of uh, winning a playoff series against the Cubs. Yeah. And then the Phillies. 22. You know, are the Braves – I think the question here is, you know, are the Braves going to get hot again? Is Alex Anthopoulos going to somehow trade for Eddie Rosario, even though he's already on the roster? Is is that going to spark the – the Braves to a second half. I don't know. I you know, do, the, the, do they need their entire outfield to get hurt again? <laughs> right. Yeah, they got. They have to lose like, Acuna again. Spilling like marbles in front of their lockers. Right. <laughs> Call the White Sox for AJ Pollock. Yeah, because so right now the playoff teams would be uh, Mets, Brewers, Cardinals. Dodgers, Padres, Giants. So, right. um, the Braves would be. Th- uh, I got to do math. Would be f- uh, four games. Five games behind the Giants. Yeah. Five games in the loss column, at least. Yes. Uh, four games overall. Three in the win. If I added that correctly. But that's pretty much it. I mean, unless you think that the Phillies have a run in them. We're sitting here on June 1st, and there's seven teams fighting for six playoff spots. I think that they would have to fire Girardi and then have a you know, a few things go right. So they bring back Charlie Manuel again. I mean, He's maybe. still around. Why not? It's it's sort of maybe the uh, the new Jack McKeon, yep. or I, I can't think of another analogy, but it yeah. Worked, it's worked so well with Tony La Russa. Hmm. Yeah, it is not. That's, uh, I mean, if if it was anybody but Larusa, that guy definitely would be on the hot seat. Yeah. I mean, very obviously so. But hey, you know, Reinsdorf let the, his GM fire Larusa once, so. Oh, it ain't it ain't happening. At least not. I mean, this is it, though, right? Don't we? Everybody kind of agrees that. Who, Tony I mean, has to dot her off after the season. It didn't make sense in the first place no. bringing him in, so who knows? But, I mean, you would think so, yes. Yeah, I mean, But then were, that also would mean the end of Rick Hahn and maybe bring back Kenny Williams. I mean, you work that hard to, to do your rebuild, and you get it to a point where, I mean, I, I know you were a pandemic playoff team, but still you were a playoff team. <laughs> yeah. And everybody felt like, look, all these good young players, they're all here now. And you hand it over to <laughs> Methuselah. <laughs> Mr. Magoo. 
So yeah, so that basically this was a very long way of me saying that the the idea that more playoff teams it means more races is 180 degrees from the truth. As we're, it turns out, we're down to <laughs> three very mediocre teams in the American League battling it out for one spot and two in the National League. And that's it. Everybody else with, you know, a hundred games to go. More than that, right? What do we got? 50. I mean, potentially I, it's it's early, but right. you mean, could. There's, there's always one team that all of a sudden is going to get hot and show up right. out of nowhere. But potentially we could be looking at one race, uh, you know, in the entire, maybe one race for you know the the Brewers and the Cardinals possibly. And then like the last AL wildcard team, you know, who's that? That's kind of the, and maybe if the Braves get hot, you know, but not a lot of races period. And that isn't necessarily, you know, the fault of the extra playoff team, but. No, it's a, it's a. My assumption is that um, it's going to get worse mm-hmm. because you've you've lowered the bar again to get into the playoffs, and you've got enough owners who are like just you know just put together a team that's good enough to be in the hunt for that last playoff spot. That'll keep the fans happy. They'll have to show up in September. Because the Cubs are only four and a half out of the sixth playoff spot. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe if we get in, then we'll get hot at just the right time. We'll be the Braves and we'll win the World Series. Right. Why why bother to spend to build a team to win a hundred games when if you win eighty four you got you know, you end up with, you know, in theory the same chance as the team that won hundred games. And the reason for that is, um, or the rationale behind the argument to that would be, yeah, the best team doesn't always win, but the best team has a much better chance than everybody else. And if, if you're going to go into a coin flip, you'd like to go in with your side of the coin being bigger than the other side. Is that, that doesn't make any sense, but no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. You get my tortured analogy. (laughs) Yeah, but that's that's where we are. Um, I feel bad for the uh, Peacock folks. You know, late in the season, who's going to be getting up at eight thirty to watch those games if you know the playoff spots are already decided? Yeah, it's not like it's European soccer <laughs> or F one. So what? on what? on Sunday, the. Um, the the peacock game was reds giants hmm. and it started at 10:30 central 8:30 <laughs> pacific the giants fans had an 8:30 game to watch that seems like something that could be um the schedule could be maybe well and like i said before they they're they're not. I mean, maybe they are taking into account, but I mean that feels like eight thirty in the morning to the Giants players. You know, that's yeah. They didn't get a hit until like noon. 
<laughs> right. He came back and won the game because it's the Reds. They were getting no hit. And part of it was, it was, you know, they got to the park at like 6 o'clock a.m. their time. Right. Yeah. Genius. Maybe I should lay off the, the Padres for their non-impactful performance against Dakota Hudson today because the game started at 10, 15 in the morning, San Diego time. So. Maybe that's what the Cubs should do. Maybe they should just play all their games at like 8 a.m. I mean, what the hell is this marquee after show? <laughs> we f- we figured it out. We have we have we know what our new advantage is. Maybe they'll stumble into it and they'll they'll do it. The other thing I thought was funny was um, I assume that because it was the big Cubs socks, uh, the the other two games. You know, they, they played two at Wrigley, and then they finished. They were already done. It's, you know, end of May, and the <laughs> Cubs and Sox have, are done playing for the year. Um, you know, each each team has an announcer who has a national gig on Sundays. Right. You know, Boog doing the Sunday Night Baseball on the radio, which John uh, Greenberg and I talked about. It's like, how serious is he about this marquee thing if he wouldn't give up the Sunday Night radio job? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be gone every Sunday. Um, doing national radio, you know, because 14 people listen to that. And then Jason Benetti doing the brunch, uh, baseball brunch. Um, right. They, neither one of them did their national jobs. They did Cubs socks. Hmm. And it's like, do we think that this is such a big deal that that's why we're, you know, it's like even the fans were like, eh. What are you doing? We've had 25 years now of interleague. Hmm. Seems like it. And it's just a thing now. Like, this, that's just four games on the schedule. Right. And the idea that they were going to become these, you know, you're going to create these rivalries. Um, they were, a, at best, they were a novelty. More than they right. were ever a rivalry. And the way I thought about it was, if you, early on, those Cup Sox games, the actual games... The fans would be nuts. There'd be they'd had fights, right? Um, mostly involving uh, uh, women. There's some <laughs> great footage of women fans having fist fights at both uh, Wrigley and. Uh, so anyway, the games would be really intense. But then a week later, you forgot about it, and you're just on right. with the normal part. If the if your team was any good, you were now worried about the real games. Sure. The, it never got past the exhibition feel of the good old Crosstown Classic. That's a good way of putting it. I mean, it's probably still the the most iconic moment in Cubs Sox history is still Michael Jordan hitting a double off Dave Otto. Right. And I don't. And then number two, you know, might be uh, Michael Barrett punching AJ, but you know that's again that's not a normal thing. Yeah. It's not something you're going to have every year or anymore. So, I mean, the only way it'll ever change is if they ever go to the drastic realignment and they throw the leagues out and the Cub Sox are in a division and Mets Yankees are in a division and I don't think anybody really wants to see it. But seeing how desperate baseball seems to be with stuff. Yeah, the way they'll take cash for any kind of TV payoff, you, you can see them doing it at some point. At least experimenting with it. 
Because the only way you get a real rivalry is you have games that mean something. That's why it's actually kind of funny that Cubs-Cardinals remains a rivalry, considering how many of those years those games really didn't mean anything. Right. And it wasn't always the Cubs' fault. It was usually the Cubs' fault. But, you know, there were other years where the Cubs had good teams, the Cardinals weren't any good. Yeah. And there weren't a lot of stakes. And they've, you know, been playing forever. They have one playoff series against each other. Greatest playoff series of all time. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and so the, the reason I say that is for a long time, it, when the Brewers first moved to the Central or to the, for, you know, to the, to the National League. National League, yeah. Um, you know, Bud's biggest thing was we want him to be in the division with the Cubs. That could, that'll be a rivalry, even though they had been playing the White Sox forever. Nobody gave a shit right. about Brewers White Sox. And it took a long time. And it didn't change. It didn't become a rivalry until both teams were actually good at the same time, and right. were actually fight. You know, they played a game one sixty three against each other, and they did all that crap. It's the only way it really happens. And you can try to manufacture this stuff. Um, I don't mind interleague play just because it's um, it is nice to rotate all the players through all the parks over the course of a few right. years. Um, but if you're going to ask me to get all gooey about the Cubs and Sox, I'm just not going to be able to do it because it just doesn't feel like there's really any stakes to the point where I wouldn't care if they rotate them out and they don't play every year. They're never going to do it because Jerry Reinsdorf will throw a fit. Here's a take. Here's a take sort of related to this. Is there a need for the White Sox if they're in the same division as the Cubs? Does Chicago, do you need to Baseball, major league baseball teams, you know, if one isn't in the National League and one isn't, I mean, and the whole leagues, as we've, as we know, are, that's kind of a, a, a farce, the, the differences between the leagues. It doesn't, they don't matter anymore, not just because of the DH, just, but because of interleague play too. Do you need the White Sox? Do they need to exist in Chicago? You know, would they not be better off in another city? if they were in the same division as the cup, why do you need two Chicago teams in this? You know, why I don't, it might be interesting for a while in Chicago, but I don't know how sustainable it is in the long term. I would be, I would be really frightened about what, what the cub payroll would look like if the white Sox weren't in town and Mm. the Ricketts didn't even have to, didn't even have to pretend that you had another choice. That's like the nicest baseball. thing you've ever said about the Sox. That's interesting. Well, yeah, they're 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 just there to be the. Um, oh, it's funny. I say, like I say, I didn't know it's funny, but um, when they won the World Series in two thousand five, the oh five Cubs were um, bad, and they were terrible in oh six. Yeah, embarrassingly bad. And there was all this talk about how the White Sox are going to take over the town. There's their chance. They're finally going to do it. They've got this exciting team. They won the World Series, blah, blah, blah. And it didn't happen. And it didn't come close to happening. And they don't have as many fans as the Cubs do. And they're not a regional team like the Cubs are. Um, But they do just kind of exist because there's a couple hundred thousand baseball fans who don't want to root for the Cubs. And then they can, that they go root for the other team, and they'll go to their games yeah. you know, over and over again. Um, 
I mean, yeah, it's ba- it's a product of it's a big town, and they've got enough people that we can sell tickets to two different teams. I mean, the there yeah. used to be three in New York, so it is funny though because it, it, it the the yeah, I don't think the White Sox are you know they had their chance. They could have been the the Tampa Bay White Sox, and they um, they little shenanigans in the state house at midnight, and they got their park, and Jim Thomas yeah. and saved them. And so they're going to stay forever. But now there's talk that the Angels are looking for somewhere else to go because maybe yeah. LA doesn't need to be a two team town. So you're you're onto something. I just I I, I just I can't. I mean, if you ask me, do, does Chicago need the White Sox? My answer, of course, would be no, because I don't <laughs> care about the White Sox. But there are enough people who actually do that uh, I'm not going to lose them. Uh, not as much as uh, the uh, uh, Chicago needs an AFC football team. <laughs> it was always Mayor Daly's threat if the Bears were going to move out to the suburbs. was We'll get an AFC team. It's like, okay, yeah, you, you try that, Richie. Right after you get the Olympics. <laughs> That'll be good. <laughs> so, I don't think we solved anything. Were we trying to? No. Okay, good. But it was interesting, I think, to take a look at, uh, you know, we have two full months of baseball. And way too much has been decided, I think, for anybody's. <laughs> um, but at least, at least if you're a Cubs fan... You have all these exciting young prospects that no, 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 they're not. They're still going to play Jason Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to see him now. Marquee is going to uh, show a bunch of minor league games on the network. Mm-hmm. They're very excited about that. They're promoting the hell out of that. And uh, it's like, okay, I mean, I guess I can. We watch a minor league team play on your network every day. What's four more? Mm. So we'll see. All right. Well, thanks, Dave. You're welcome, Andy. All right. We'll see you next time. Okay. Many of us have herpes. 